Well, welcome to another episode of Words of Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Wells, and today I have been really looking into doom, 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 marriages. As a marriage and family counselor, I come across diverse episodes uh, that people are going through different seasons, situations, and I also see a lot of commonality between certain things as well. It doesn't matter, in my experience, if you've been married from the what we call like the baby toddler stage from that zero to three years, which is in general the or can be the toughest seasons of a marriage is getting started. But also, um, I also see where people who have been married 20, 30 and literally 40 years later into their marriage, rediscovering themselves, um, having to go through things they never thought they would 20 years into marriage. And then there's an infidelity issue. Um, there are trust issues, uh, different things. There's parenting issues and different styles that many couples go through that they really didn't see uh, happening. And so when, in my opinion, I really feel and believe as well, and some of you may agree or disagree, you're free to do that, but I really feel that in the beginning of it all, just like in Ecclesiastes, where it says it's the tie that holds Jesus is that third man in the marriage and where he is that cord that we are to bind our marriages onto, where we are to realize that, yes, it is going to take that husband and that wife to do their part, but there's a threefold cord then it's not quickly broken. Some people, um, another translation says it's not easily broken. And so understanding that, we have to come to a place to know that if our marriages are going to work, first you have to understand that it's an institution, not a, not a contract. It's a covenant between one man and one woman. That covenant of marriage that is done God's way has to be able to rely on biblical principles because it came from a biblical God. And today I want us to come together and realize in an effective, productive marriage, we have to be able to see how God wants us to see in order for a marriage to work, we have to pray together. Now, I know that there's an old cliche that says that we know the family that prays together stays together. But the validity in understanding that a, a family or a marriage that prays together, it not only stays together, they grow together. They learn together. They know together. And the things that God has for your marriage is revealed in prayer. And so we have to come to a place 
to where we realize that prayer is not an option if we desire to live the best life as possible for our marriage. I was praying um, with one couple and I just really had a burden for them because it's really hard when you are with a couple and you got a, I call it the pursuant and the avoidant going on. Um, Unfortunately, this happens a lot. When you have that situation, those are the ones where one person in the marriage feels like they can stay um, or they want to stay with the marriage. And then the other person is one foot out the door. And it's really hard as the counselor for me because I am pro-marriage. I want the marriage to work um, no matter what, even if there are biblical reasons for someone to divorce. Yes. Even if there are, you have a way out, you have that escape goal, but you do not have to take it. This is where love and forgiveness really have as true as work is when you have a way out, but you don't have to take it. And so when it comes to that reaction of that pursuant and the avoider, the easy thing to do is just for that the one that wants to avoid the marriage is to go. It really is just they just want to leave. And so when it's hard for me because not only am I pro-marriage, but I also want to have the best interest at heart. Because sometimes you have believer and unbeliever. Sometimes you have two believers that are together. And then sometimes you have two believers that are just on two different spectrums. And they're not wanting to make it work or... They have their own reasons to why they don't want it to work or to work, but there's always that pride issue there. And so I believe that those issues that come up are all about trying to be able to see where we are and how how can we get the best result. For a marriage that prays together to continuously work together, you have to be able to come together and realize that you both serve one God and the power of prayer cannot be, um, it cannot be your backup. You cannot go through all the ways of trying to make something happen and trying to get results, and trying to get understandings, and trying to do this, and trying to do that, without ever, ever, ever starting with prayer. The reason why we make decisions and we go down the wrong routes is because we didn't start it with prayer. Because the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. For that couple to be founded in prayer... And to look for certain things, avenues, venues, breakthroughs, you have to be able to understand this, that without prayer, you will never gain the access that you need. You will never go to the places you need to go. 
with the assurance and the peace of God and the confirmation. There, I have this saying, there is a conversation before confirmation. And yes, that's going to be a shirt for me. Don't you try and take it. There's conversation before confirmation. Look back at our own Savior, Jesus Christ, and his parents. Jesus, God himself, had to reveal to the mother, Mary, and the father, Joseph, separately. But it was the same thing. The birth of our Savior came in one part to Mary and one part to Joseph. And when they came together, it was a conversation that already happened and they received confirmation from each other because they knew what was going to happen. My wife and I, we did not want kids the first five years of our marriage. And I know that sounds really weird to some, but to some it doesn't. Some people don't want kids. Uh, some do. But that is to be understood during premarital counseling, not 10 years into the marriage and then you, yeah, you're surprised that someone wants kids and the other one doesn't. And so Kathy and I, we understood each year we were just not at that place of wanting kids. Now, in our marriage, when we first got married, we didn't want kids at all. And it wasn't something to even like we never even wondered about it. And even though we checked at the once a year just to see if we were the same, we knew going into the marriage that children weren't on the menu. <laughs> on the menu. But as we kept going, five years later into our marriage, we understood I had been praying and Kathy had been praying too. And both of us had a conversation with God. And when it was time for us to bring it back up, there was this nervousness of like, oh, God, what if she's not on the same page that I am and vice versa? But that didn't happen. Because both of us had a conversation with the creator who created in us a desire to give birth or to have children. Now, we both understand now, seven years later, that that was a perfect gift from God. And even though we lost one along the way due to a miscarriage, It was still orchestrated by God, all of it. But the point is that if if we did not pray individually, we would have never had confirmation from God of what would have happened. By us praying together individually, she prayed her part and I prayed my part, we were able to come together with knowing that the peace of God was upon us both. And it just worked that way. Now, there are times where people are sitting in this office or sitting on a conversation with me and they are literally side by side, but they have never prayed side by side together. Interesting. You have prayed individually as a couple, 
but you have never prayed together side by side, hand in hand. For if two shall agree touching anything, there's power in the scripture. So we have to be able not just to pray, we have to believe in what we're doing. So when you begin to pray together, things are going to come together that have already been prayed separately or praying in part. Now there's also, this is also a concept, philosophy, um, when it comes to praying as well, especially if you are a believer of the prophetical praying or intercessory praying, because you know as when you're with more than one person, you're going to pray in part. And what that means is God is going to tell, show, or do things for you that um, you weren't necessarily have received in a full understanding if you did not have everybody else to put the pieces together. So when you are praying, God may actually tell you something and you may not fully understand what he's saying. God may have given you a dream or a vision of something and you don't know exactly what's going on. How, but on the other side of the spectrum, God has done the same thing, a different vision, a different saying, uh, different words of knowledge. All these things have come forth, but you it doesn't make sense to you because you haven't put the pieces together with the other person you're supposed to be praying in part with. This is why families don't, your marriage doesn't have a vision. Because you're not praying, (laughs) number one, you may not be praying together, uh, one on by yourself, but you're not coming together to pray, to put the pieces together. Sometimes we're spending our life picking up the pieces (laughs) where we should be putting them back together, even if you got to use some glue and some duct tape and that black tape and whatever you got to do and smudge that thing on down, whatever it takes to put the pieces back together is what we are called to do. Praying in part and praying with your spouse, there is power in your prayers when you understand that what you're doing is revelational. It's generational as well. What great, I have, I I may pronounce this wrong, but I think it's called a talil. And it's what, um, some people may call it a prayer sash, and it's used to pray. Um, And I, I believe the Jewish people, they would put it over their heads, and go in in prayer. And so I have one of those that I pray with as well. And when I use that, it is a special, significant relationship thing between me and God that we pray with. And when I do, 
he takes me into places that I have not entered, that I've never seen, that I've never heard of, and it has never entered my heart. But he has revealed them through his spirit. And when we pray, he does those things and it wows me. It's one of the most significant things in my life. And with that, I told you prayer is generational. That's one thing that I am going to pass down to one of my daughters. Is my prayer cloth or talil. Because that's part of the mantle on the Wells family. Is I have to pray in my part. Kathy has to pray in her part. You and your spouse have to pray and know your part so that when you come together, the parts become clearer and clearer and clearer. So that way the vision becomes clearer and clearer and clearer so that your children can run with it. I didn't know all that will be discussed today, but leave your feedback in here. I'm I'm interested to see what we're going to do with this. But I just felt prompted to do uh, this this morning and wanted to share it with you all. So let us begin and let us pray for couples today. Father, I thank you for every married couple that is living in the ordination of how you intended it to be. I pray, God, for praying couples, for praying marriages, and even engagements that are getting ready to be married, that they start or continue or don't lose the fire of a praying marriage, that they're not relying on one person to be the prayer warrior for that marriage, but they are relying on the grace of God in their praying in their part so that they can come together with their spouse's part and see what you're fully saying. I pray for clarity, direction, wisdom, guidance, answers to be given to those that are listening to this podcast, that they will no longer be waiting in frustration, that they will not be concerned about what's next. Because they are going to understand that you have everything that you need for them. And they can, all they have to do is reach out to you and know that you're going to provide for them. Lord, we thank you and we love you. Amen.